Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. Over there, Steve. Hi, I've changed my name so that they won't know in the East that I'm truly... That they won't know in the East that you are truly... Jewish. Jewish. Yes, that is correct. Today we are looking at the worst possible timeline. <laughs> Oddly enough, it's not the worst possible timeline. It's a possible timeline. Right. It's That's a possible timeline. Yep. Uh, we are, of course, talking about The Man in the High Castle by Philip K. Dick. Yes, we are. I've been waiting like uh, the novel, years. not the terrible Amazon series. Yeah, I've been waiting for thirty years to talk about this book. What? Nobody wants to talk about this book with you. Nobody reads. <laughs> and and I'm sorry, but the people I know who do read Philip K. Dick, I don't want to talk to. Fair. <laughs> that is fair. All right. Well, uh, <coughs> there's a reason why they're called dickheads. Bum bum. All right. All right. I'll get that out of my system. Now that you got that out of your system. Well, this is the first time I've read this book. Actually, I didn't read the book. I listened to the audio book because my hard copy disappeared in the lead up to Halloween. So somebody stole the man in the high castle from you. Either a, that or Halloween. it never existed in the first place. I'm starting to Wonder if I'm in a different timeline. Yes, yeah, so your your copy of the Man in the High Castle was actually called the Grasshopper Lies Heavy. Apparently, apparently. Um, so yeah, give us uh, give our audience at home a quick synopsis of the book itself. Sure, this is a uh, a book about what if Franklin Delano Roosevelt was not assassin was assassinated. <laughs> He did not get right. See, it's all confusing. Uh, was was assassinated before the U.S. was able to enter the war. Uh, Dick posits that that would be a turning point, which would um, cause the Axis to win. Right. And this is like 15 years later in 1962, the result of uh, 15 years of history after the war. So it's an old, this, for those of you who know this work through the Amazon series or enjoy alternative uh, reality science fiction, uh, the big thing that sets this apart from 99% of that dreck is that there's no resistance. There's no Blaskovitz. <laughs> Right. Going, you know, going into guns blazing. There's no secret cabal of Jews who are fighting back. Uh, it is a lived-in reality. It is as if what we are going through today was the actual reality. And I'm sure there were, you know, plots and and spits and and you know bubbles of resistance, but that's not what this book is about. This book is about the, the lives of people who've actually lived through this. It's, in a way, it's kind of like the New 52. Hmm. Only it, good. <laughs> wow, hmm. that blew your mind. 
Um, now, there are a couple of things. First off is, yes, this is an alternate history where the the Nazis and the Axis powers, really, we'll just say the Axis powers because the Japanese play a major part in this book, uh, have won World War II and they have split the world between them. Uh, section of the United States is the... Except for a little bit in the Middle East that went to the Italians for some reason. Right. Right. Well, yeah, it's split among the Axis powers. That's But the United States... So is the United States is split between the Reich and the Japanese imperial government. Right. And thankfully... Uh, we spend most of the narrative within the, the Japanese section. <laughs> yeah. So, he, it's kind of, I, I'm not going to say it's funny, but the television show really painted the Japanese as um, draconian. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were evil in, in the in the television show. In here. Not so much. Right. So, because it's not that kind of book. <laughs> right, right. It almost it almost seems like it's the, the proto-cyberpunk uh, type of conceit where it's like their culture just kind of takes over. And yeah, well, most everything is normal. It's more or less... A situation where the Japanese have colonized the West Coast, mm-hmm. and the dynamics, and, and like you said, most of this takes place in the Japanese-controlled territory. The dynamics of uh, the, the the occupiers, the colonials, and the occupied, the white people. <laughs> Uh, is is very uh, stark, and that is the the uh, the dynamic, uh, you know, conquerors versus conquered, right? Uh, like, and and Dick makes it. It's it's kind of painful to read because you have characters who are racist, right? I guess that's the only way to to describe it. Um, and there's a lot of animosity in various characters against the Japanese because they're occupiers, right? Mm-hmm. And you, a lot of words are thrown around. Right. Oh, God. This is definitely... Uh, <laughs> if you're sensitive to racial slurs, uh, this is definitely not a book that you're going to be comfortable with. Uh, yeah. Because, because the... the nomenclatures that are passed around are just that he doesn't mince any words yeah and it's not done it's not done out of malice it's not done out of malice or and it's not done ironically in the sense of um of how we think of irony these days Mm -hmm. you know but it is ironic uh, in a classical ironic sense, where you know it, what is put down has a different meaning than uh, you know what it actually is, mm-hmm. like the classic irony, right? When when right. 
when uh, a one of the characters is Robert Chiltern. He is a Quislin, uh, more or less. Uh, he is a shopkeeper. He, he deals in antiques, mm -hmm. specifically American uh, uh, American bits of of uh, popular American culture, right? Uh, like World War or Civil War uh, recruitment posters, uh, antique guns, that kind of stuff to the market of uh, Japanese, Japanese executives uh, who thrive on this stuff, right? Yep. Just kind of like when the Americans were occupying Japan and were going for, or when, you know, Europe goes anywhere, right? right. And occupies, right? The King Touch, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, but he's a quizzling because he's, you know, sucking up to the conquerors. To, to the point where uh, Dick writes the, the Japanese characters um, speaking broken English. Yes. And I, I have interpreted that as they're actually speaking Japanese. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Because why wouldn't they? They're right. speaking and, Japanese. And the Japanese and Chilter... language doesn't work exactly like English does. There's a lot of... Uh, phrases and and parts of speech well, well, that don't really that. exist that way there's that but an important thing is when children is talking to uh you know someone who's japanese he talks like them i'm assuming he's speaking in japanese to them right as opposed when he's talking to uh a, you know a white character where he's conversing in, in english right I think that that's you know, it, it's it's a technique that you might be familiar with through such uh, authors as Gene Wolfe. Mm -hmm. I think Gene Wolfe got a lot of his his uh, stylistic ideas from Philip K. Dick. That's my own personal feeling. He did it better, but <laughs> I think it, it starts here. Mm -hmm. uh, but ch but what I was saying was ch children. Um, he kowtows to the Japanese, right. uh, and he, he, you know, desires to you know, to be, you know, accepted. Um, even though it's it's pretty much a losing battle, mm -hmm. uh, and, and you you have those kind of dynamics throughout the whole thing. Another of the main characters, uh, Frank 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 Fink, right Fink. Me, Frank, right, right. Who, who is Jewish and escaped um, from the Nazis and is currently living on the West Coast? Um, you know, is 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 another one. He is just trying to live, <laughs> right? He's trying to like live w with this secret um, and just do his job, which is he he's a mechanic of some sorts. He's an artisan. Uh, he is a jewelry maker. Well, he becomes a jewelry maker. Right. Originally, he makes fake guns <laughs> that his boss sells to children <laughs> who passes them off unknowingly as authentic guns. And that is actually the big theme of The Man in the High Castle. Uh, if you wipe away all the, oh, it's you know, alternative history and blah, blah, blah. The theme is what is authentic? Mm -hmm. 
So you have children who, whose livelihood is uh, buying and selling antiques with, with what they call hysterosity. Right. Right. Um, it is the idea that this particular object has some sort of part in history, right? And say Franklin or Abe Lincoln slept here. So this room has hyster hysterosity. Right. This gun was fired by Wild Bill Hickok and blah, blah, blah. It has hysteros historicity. It's historicity. Mm -hmm. But it's not only the antiques, uh, which are fake. <laughs> it's the reality of the situation itself. Right. There people people wear a lot of um social masks in this book. There are a right. lot of disguises, uh, a lot of deception. Uh people it, it's one of those things where in it, it's all about face. Right. Um you know and and face comes into play uh in say Chilter's dealings with with the the Japanese people in the book, uh, he's worried about l losing face or causing someone else to lose face. Uh, so it causes him to behave in a certain way in public. Um, there being a, a very long extended sequence close to the uh, beginning of the book where, you know, he, he kind of has this internal battle with the need to present this certain face and what he truly would do if he had the ability to just do whatever he wanted. Right. Uh, like, and, and, and the most simple of, of tasks is carrying his own bags. Right. And, and, and just that kind of thing. He, he's not allowed because he's of a certain social status. He's not up, 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 but he's in a place where you really shouldn't be carrying your own bags. There are slaves and porters and things like right. that to do that. You know, act your station. Right. Well, every character has an arc, pretty much, mm -hmm. where uh, in the beginning they are showing a uh, one thing to the public, whether it's... Um, Chiltern's desire, or Frank's um, fact that he's a Jew, right? <laughs> or um, th there's this conspiracy. <clears throat> it's like almost a waiting for Godot situation, uh, where a representative from the Reich, one of the factions in the Reich, and Tojo, mm -hmm. <laughs> General Tojo, get are trying to get together. Um, under false names and 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 all sorts of spy shit uh, to to have a meeting to discuss uh, a crisis that could mean the end of the world order, mm -hmm. and even all of that is done clandestinely. And so every action, every character, with the possible uh, exception of the head of the. Uh, of the trade commission. Right. Wh whose, whose name I can't remember offhand. He's children's first customer. Uh, hold on. Tagomi. Tagomi. Yes. I think, the, I think Tagomi might be my favorite character. In well, the whole to, book. Tagomi's the only character in the whole book who doesn't 
uh, who doesn't have like this issue of presenting a false face to the world. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's why the cabal meets at in his office because he is indeed the trade commissioner, <laughs> right? But but even to the point where and and this is where it gets really interesting. Um, so, at the beginning of this book, you find out that a lot of uh, a lot of it was written consulting the I Ching, mm-hmm. right? And and the I Ching is a presence in this book people are constantly consulting the oracle right and you whether you're a skeptic of this in terms of is there really an oracle um in our reality or not has nothing to do with the fact that it exists in this reality right right and in fact i don't really think that uh whether or not it's real is is a question that really is asked it's it's there it's a presence um, it, it and is. it seems to be uh you know there's there's kind of like a hint of confirmation bias i suppose because the readings that the characters get do uh, they interpret them in such a way that the events that happen following the reading you know reinforces the reading right i, I mean that's how that shit works anyway right <laughs> But, and this book is like written in 1962. If you haven't read it by now, I'm sorry, it's getting spoiled. Right. You really can't have a, a good discussion of this particular book without the big reveal is that the Oracle there's, wrote everything. <laughs> everything comes from the Oracle. Right. It's very, it's very uh, metafictional. I suppose. Yes. Yes. Since the, all the characters consult the I Ching, and Philip K. Dick was also consulting the I Ching as he wrote it. Right. It, it, it's it's also like uh, probably the world's most elaborate single player role play game. Right. <laughs> but you come to find out that the reality. Uh, that that is going on. The world of the book mm-hmm. is actually kind of a false front as well, right? And you also come to find out that the re- because the reality doesn't have historicity, right? <laughs> Which is the big mind blowing realization because throughout this book, there's another book called The Grasshopper Lies Heavy. Right. That is an alternate history book within this book where the Allies won World War Two. But it's not our reality. Right. It's it's an it's an alternate version of of the the victory of the Allies over the Axis powers. Um and which is which is interesting because that that's like an alternate history within an alternate history that's not like definitely not ours um and that's that's interesting and it's the most popular fiction book in the world yes it it is the one piece of of this particular world the it is banned it's a banned book as well 
Yes. It's banned within the Reich, which is everywhere but the West Coast and the home islands. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, that, that's interesting as well. So it's like these two books have this kind of influence over the characters. Um, and I, I find it really interesting that uh, there's there's so much focus, uh, particularly with our, our trade minister, uh you know, being being basically a Taoist and and right. reading this book and and oftentimes musing over whether or not the events that are transpiring are in accordance with the Tao. Right. The well, great the, way of things. The, the the big I guess the big turning point is um Frank Frank starts to make um his own jewelry right um and it is deemed by the collectors the people who buy this shit the japanese the elite japanese to be worthless unartistic uh, it, it was supposed to be passed off as authentic uh new american artistry and they didn't like it but it has what is called woo right mm-hmm which is some sort of um, animating spirit to it. Um, and I'll confess that, like, I know absolutely nothing about uh, the Tao, so it meant absolutely nothing to me. But in terms of the metaphor, it is the the current spirit of America. Right. Um, whereas the the uh, desired objects, the, the these objects from the past, are inauthentic in reality they're just they're made mm-hmm. um and the, the newer stuff is the new spirit of america and when um tagami uh in a moment of crisis uh holds one he actually sees a different reality now, he actually travels to a different reality where the allies have won the war we don't know if it's the reality of the grasshopper lies heavy we don't know if it's our actual world but we know that the power of this this new spirit that it, that is starting up has the power to change the world right right i i did, looked it up to double check but woo is basically kind of non-being a ground where uh anything is possible uh it's usually referred to uh as part of wu wei non-action so it's just kind of an it's emptiness uh in the taoist sense yeah to me wu is bernie warrell well that's possible as well because all things spring from wu and and that's that's why it has that quality because it is a ground since it's all original, it's it's you know his craftsmanship, his blood, sweat, tears, whatever. That right. It could be the fertile soil from which great things could take hold. Right. So it's it's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have the quality. I mean, this this book has the same quality that you get from like a. Gene Wolf kind of thing where stuff happens, but it really doesn't. Right. <laughs> because 
don't get me wrong people's inner worlds have changed every character has an arc that they go through where they become more genuine as a mm. person right? right and they they let their inner desires and needs um become paramount over uh the the front that they put to the world right right they they find they find ways to do it in, in a right. sense it's not like it's not like some type of open defiance of of a social order it is kind of like within the social order to be authentic you know it's not yeah like, yes uh the actually the own the biggest act of defiance comes from tagomi um when he is in the middle of his crisis realizes that the worst thing in the world is the right <laughs> yeah that that it's just a it's just sick it's diseased and um however bad the japanese are mm -hmm. um in terms of how they treat uh, other people uh the reich is a thousand times worse in all respects and his act of defiance is to free frank frank <laughs> mm -hmm. from from being uh sent to germany to be liquidated right right uh he's he's uh, very he's very sort of uh humanist in in, in a way that that it really it, it really is kind of a culture clash uh, between the two because you get this kind of insight into what the Japanese characters are thinking that there's just all of this started as a matter of convenience and look at us now and there's a lot of folks who kind of doubt that they're doing the right thing right or this this whole thing was a good idea to begin with <laughs> right well and it comes into <coughs> uh, complete uh, I guess it's a clash with their core values. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, there's so much you can go on about this book, like how it just, he even gets into like this weird fucking Gnosticism that he has where reality is a corpse world. Mm -hmm. And we all live in like some weird corpse world where everything is dead. Uh, this comes from Tagomi when he's having his his uh, epiphany, his his moment, and you know that like a lot of Philip K. Dick delves into that. I guess that's like some Gnostic principle, Kabbalah, Kabbalic weirdness. Well, um, yeah, yeah, you're you're getting getting out of my wheelhouse. Uh, I was with it while you were talking to I Ching and uh, <laughs> Taoism and stuff. You start talking Gnosticism, and uh, yeah, you're you're. But, but he pulls he pulls that in there, um, but he does it in a way where it 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 isn't it doesn't get like ultra confusing. Everything is very well laid out. Right. Um, you know, even like the the Taoist stuff isn't deep right you, you don't have to have a background in Taoism to get it right right, right. you can get that you can kind of get the point and and things that are more technical I guess like when Wu is brought up they go through and give you a, a very uh, concise a, a explanation. Nice little, yeah 
Right. As opposed to like something like if you read like Galactic Pot Healer, where you like they go to this corpse world with a dying god and all this weird shit, and you're just like, what the actual fuck is going on? Right. <laughs> so exactly. it's it, so you 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 get like these fantastic weird Philip K. Dick things that he's known for. You know mm-hmm. what what is real? Uh, right. Identity. The the idea of you know the as above so below heaven versus hell or whatever the godly versus the corpse like the living and the dead whatever that dichotomy that he has going on right right get a lot of that but it's in a a controlled environment mm-hmm. I, I guess right i don't you haven't read a lot of philip k dick so but like sometimes he goes off the the ranch mm-hmm <laughs> and you know what he's doing you can kind of follow along in most of it except for like lies incorporated but there are certain books like this one where you know he's very concise with his ideas and fits them in well so it makes you think but it doesn't confuse you Mm -hmm. you if you get what I'm saying Right. Um, and I think there, there's definitely a danger of that happening in, in Phil K. Dick. This is, I think, this is why this is, you know, one of the ones that I continue continually go back to because it's a scary book. Um, you know, the fact that the Nazis control half America and have it exterminated to the point of like almost extinction, Jews, is fucking terrifying. And all the shit that they refer to in Africa, mm-hmm. they never quite say this is what happened in Africa. You kind of like it's let heavily your imagination run that... wild, <laughs> and right. you think that wow, there might be less black people in the world than Jews in this particular right. world. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's a it's scary. Like this is a scary place, right? But nobody's fighting against it because it is reality. And these are just people living their lives and, and you know, using the hand that they're dealt. Um, and at the end, when you find out that the I Ching is telling you that this isn't the only reality. Right. Um, and this reality has less authenticity <clears throat> than other realities right but this is the one you're in and this right. is the one you have to deal with right this is the reality <laughs> that you're in, uh, even though it's it's meta because the I Ching wrote this book and then it wrote the book right. within the book <laughs> yeah but you do have pockets of resistance you do have um the the man from the right <coughs> pardon me jesus all of a sudden i'm dying um what what is his name the swede who's not a swede baines baines yeah you have baines who is obviously he he's xss mm-hmm. 
Um, or he's SS, he's ex-Gestapo, because the Gestapo hasn't existed since 1947. Right. Uh, he's, he's SS, and he is from a faction that sees what the what the Reich is capable of and probably will try, which is to go to war with Japan and wipe them out with uh, nuclear weapons. Right. And he acts to counter that with Tojo. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there is, you know, there's dynamics of, you know, political intrigue that tries to counter like the, 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 the hugely horrifying things that are, you know, global annihilation. Right. Right. They're kind of like working within that system though. It's not right. like you would expect. But it's not it like the most... TV show. <laughs> where you had like underground resistance and all that crap. Yeah, I I did not watch the the TV. Yeah, the series. TV show is horrible. I mean, let me just let's hold on one second. Let's backtrack and let me just say okay. that the grasshopper lies heavy is important. It's a book written by the Ching, mm -hmm. right? It right. is the the access upon which this this book uh, revolves around. Mm -hmm. So there's no I Ching in the in the um no, I can't remember if they have the I Ching, but it, it ain't like the Dark Tower or something, right? right? There's no book. In this series, there's a set of film strips or like home movies mm -hmm. that were made in our reality that found their way over there. And the man in the high castle collects them and has some way to go between the two worlds. It's lame. Hmm. It, it, it like literally misses every point, <laughs> every right. theme that Philip K. Dick sets out to to ha have in this book. They just like say fuck it. Like there have not been a lot of truly good. Phil K. Dick adaptations, right? There's um, Scanner Darkly might be the only one that remotely resembles its source material. I thought Paycheck was pretty close. Yeah, but Ben Affleck, right? But as far as but as far as the adaptation, not not the portrayal of the actor, right? You know, the storyline mm -hmm. of Paycheck was pretty much dead on. Yeah. This is the worst. This makes like Blade Runner look like a, a word for word adaptation. <laughs> it's horrible. It it may be the single most blasphemous thing that just decided to like, oh well, it's a story about the Nazis won World War Two. Oh, well, let's write a bunch of fan fiction about it. Cause when I say fan fiction with contempt, it's shit like that that fuels that point of view because it's really bad right so yeah i'm that this just like strikes me as a strange decision and i i i mean i can understand why somebody might have chose to go that route but you know with not being comfortable adapting the material directly but then if you're going to fundamentally change the story and basically create a man in the high castle uh, 
alternate, uh, I guess, an adventure show. I, like I said, I haven't seen it. But, you know, why why put the branding on it in the first place? Did they say, okay, well, it worked for Blade Runner. I think I think that's exactly what it what they're doing. Um, I think that if, but see, if they, people but they changed if the name. People think of, if people think of Philip K. Dick, right? Mm-hmm. There's a couple of things that, that like come to mind, right? And I think this is one of them. I think like as far as name recognition, the man, the high castle has it, right? In terms of Philip K. Dick. I'm not going to say that it's like super recognizable, mm-hmm. but you know, it won the Hugo and it, so it's fairly recognizable. I'm like, I think a lot of people who haven't read Philip K. Dick, if you say the man in the high castle, they're going to go, oh yeah, it's the one where the Nazis won the war. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think there's that. And then I think, when did it come out? It was like in what, 2000. 15 or something uh, maybe something like that right right around the time i think when we started the show this show yeah, so right so um i think you get the political climate of the united states where we are have been so divided for so long that they thought maybe we could make a point right mm-hmm. same thing they're doing with um the handmaid's tale right right which is also, you know, the Handmaid's Tale Action Adventure Hour. Um, I don't know if that one misses the point quite as much as this does, though. But I'm not, I'm not as close to the source material, so. Right. I, I have no opinion on either the show or the source material. Um, I haven't really attempted oh. either. Oh, the. The first season of the show is pretty good, um, and the book is really good. Hmm. So, I mean, that's that's my two cents. After that, it gets like there you uh, go, ladies and gentlemen. Three reviews for the price of what? <laughs> right, four, four, oh, and then it goes. You know, after you know the the first season, it goes south. It becomes like a you know, ooh, let's go and be revolutionary in this world that margaret atwood wrote about right let's and see. it becomes a supreme work of fan fiction somebody's got to be fighting back in this somebody's got to be fighting back you know it's a shame <laughs> why because... it's like well it's not necessarily a shame but i'm wondering why uh in in these in these particular works whether it's man in the high castle or or uh the handmaid's tale or something like that that they have to go with a resistance movement i mean we do not that doesn't exist here in the the real world to be fair in the handmaid's tale there may or may not be a resistance there's a hope of a resistance maybe there's a rumor of a resistance but the whole thing is told from um, Alfred's point of view, mm-hmm. right? Right. The whole thing, and she basically her life is uh, living in the house, trying to have a baby, and going to the market with someone who may be an informant. Right. So her like her information gathering is 
um, unreliable. Right. Suspect. So, yes. So there may or may not be a resistance that may or may not have rescued her at the end. She may be going to her death. You don't know. <laughs> and that's like the scary part of it. And, you know, the TV made it into like the action adventure hour, which is great for watching TV, but shitty if you care about the source material. Mm-hmm. And I, I say it's a shame because like a lot of what we get on television and in the movies is recycled garbage and you have opportunities to do something with um, these, I won't say lesser known, but not as popular as Lord of the Rings properties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they end up just kind of being cookie cutter in their way. Oh, it's a dystopia. Here's the resistance. Right. Right. Oh, wait. Handmaid's Tale. That's got to be like the proto. That It's all it's all like uh, Hunger Games, right? Everything's Hunger Games. Yeah. There's definitely some uh, hunger gaming aspects to it. <laughs> right. Uh, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The Man in the High Castle plus. Um, uh, now, we, we lied. It's all about some guy in a, in a Bavarian uh, castle. He's got the ganja. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> smoking it up in the, in the Alps. There's no, there's no uh, Quincy Morris in this book. There's a guy who thinks he is. <laughs> That's true. Uh, now I want to ask a question since, uh, since I know you're plotting something special. Did you did you grab a copy of the I Ching while you were reading through? Oh no 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 no! I was I was planning on using the I Ching for this for a while. Okay. Since we started talking about it, uh, no, I, it's I grabbed that copy of the I Ching a while ago because I so just so you know we're going to play Traveler, and I am going to use the I Ching as not as uh, situation resolving, but to set the events that happen as a result of the player's actions right so after something big happens i will roll the oracle asking what comes next and interpret it uh to be playable the 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 forces the forces at work the the flow of events as it were yes now it will be interesting because i suck at stuff like this i'll i'll tell you i'll i'll tell i'll I'll reveal a secret. Um, I, I did break out not one, but two copies of the <laughs> because I I have to just just to kind of follow along, and yeah, I you know because he he's very specific about okay, it's number forty four, and he does when he references the I Ching in this book, he does say which um, hexagram. Yep. And um, I actually... And he goes through them line by line sometimes. Yep, yep. And I did go through while during those passages and compare um, to the the one of my copies. The bigger copy that actually goes through the line by line. 
translation. So, yeah, be, because that's a that's it's curiosity. I mean, I own two copies, so <laughs> it's kind of a that that's that's one so of the more interesting, interesting flex. Right, I have two two copies. Um, yeah, and that's one of the things that really kind of caught my attention about this book is not only is it a major plot device, but it was plotted with it, and I can I can see how it was done now. Now that I've right, got, so gotten through it, I am going to try and do that in a game situation. Yes, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> Well, like I said, if you need any help, I got two copies. <laughs> two nope. different, two different are, translations. You are, you are a player. You are not privy to the works of the Oracle mm. or the decisions of the Oracle. That's true. Anyway, that was the man in the high castle plus a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, so. The man in the high handmaiden. So, uh, oh, by the way, uh, just as a, a final announcement before we get to the until next time, dot, dot, dot. Uh, I know you'll be watching or hearing this episode after, uh, but the Traveler campaign will be broadcast live on Monday nights. Uh, so you can see it as it happens. Or on, on my... How would one do that? Well, you go to the Microphones of Madness YouTube channel, Monday nights, roughly 9.30, Eastern Standard Time, I think we're on now. I don't remember. We have transitioned to Standard Time, possibly for the last time. So I've heard. But, uh, yep, you can check it out, roughly 9.30, Eastern Standard Time, Monday nights, catch it, or Catch it on the podcast, microphonesofmadness.com slash, or, not slash, because slash is part of a web address, microphonesofmadness.com or mnh.podbean.com or any of your fine podcast providers. All that stuff will be in the show notes, right? Uh, Sure. I can put that in the show notes. There you go. And until next yes, time, please, oh, go ahead. Please join us for Traveler. It should be pretty fun. It's it's uh, it's going to be interesting. At the very least, you can watch me fall on my face while I try and uh, channel the Oracle into Traveler. Plus, it's going to be old Traveler. Right, Traveler, a classic. Nineteen eighty-two Traveler. So if you like, if you like the. The old school, um, old school games, new school players. Right. All right. Now, but until next time. Oh, I get to say it this time. Balls.